This week's edition of For the Love of the Frame. My name's Tim, and sitting to my left is the man who's been kicked out of every public pool in the city of Austin, <laughs> Ian. There's Quick a lot of those lifeguards, yeah. Ian. There's a lot of them, too. There are so. a lot. <laughs> and a completely unrelated story there has been a lifeguard shortage in Austin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that always happens, though, so definitely not related. <laughs> definitely not related. Also with us is uh, the man who enjoys swimming in pools and is sad that they got closed, Aaron. I go to public pools regularly, actually, <laughs> and I'm very welcomed. Must be nice. Very welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> Doesn't have his his face on a poster. That's right. Just you know. I just like seeing my face places. <laughs> We are here to discuss the 1993 film, The Sandlot. Um, yeah, this is, uh, as far as I could tell, winner of no awards. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you didn't check my awards. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's won a lot. <laughs> the errands. It's got a lot of errands. It's like the, the Dundies. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Every year you and your family goes to like a Chili's. Yeah. <laughs> it's a TGI Fridays. Yeah. Oh, okay. We're a little classier. Yeah, much better. A little better. classier than that. Yeah, we, we thought that we would torture Ian with another baseball movie <laughs> since he loved we loves have it. Done a lot of dreams. Of, I feel like we've done a lot of baseball recently. Oh, there's more coming. Oh, man. <laughs> It's 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 summer pastime, Ian. Uh, I mean, you know, okay. I don't know. What else would you do in the summer? Why don't we have a pickleball movie yet? That's <laughs> what I'm wondering. Where's the pickleball movie? The great pickleball movie that has yet to be made. Uh, yet. I think there's an untapped market for yeah, you there. Yeah, there definitely mm-hmm. is. Should start writing it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that should be our first movie. We could write a good pickleball. <laughs> 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 maybe not. <laughs> I don't know, uh, this might just be me in my household or honestly just in my head, but I associate this movie very strongly with the 4th of July. Mm -hmm. I do too. Um, And there's really only the one scene. It's their night game and Mm -hmm. there's fireworks. It's a little unclear why that's a night game because fireworks last a couple of fireworks. Yeah. (laughs) They're not that bright. That explanation that... (laughs) But I went with it. Yeah. 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 Um, but I don't know. So it's just, uh, it's a tradition in my house. We watch this, uh, after fireworks every 4th mm. of July. And when I say every 4th of July, I think the last two, <laughs> <laughs> but I intend, I'm like single-handedly, uh, making yeah. it a thing. So, um, I know we're a little past the 4th of July, but I wanted to do this one to commemorate the holiday. Forget all the, the real patriotic stuff. The Sandlot is where it's at when it comes to the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Sandlot is very patriotic. <laughs> Why do you say that? I don't know. It's just a, just a classic American movie. Just baseball and fat kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. What else could you need? And dogs? Dogs. dogs. Fireworks. This movie. Dysfunctional families. Uh, yeah. One of our favorite <laughs> ongoing bits of this podcast is relating the movies to Ian's birth year. <laughs> Um, so I consider this a, a gift to you, Ian, because this was in the hallowed year of 1993, yep. which we now realize is the pinnacle of human civilization. Yep. <laughs> and so does this make you like the movie better or worse? Uh, I mean, it is 
baseball. So it's not my favorite, <laughs> but I do like this movie. Okay. Um, I'll say I like it. Okay. Yeah. Do you remember the first time you saw it? I actually don't. It was it was a while ago. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have like a super strong, but probably my strongest connotation with this is just people quoting it mm-hmm. all the time. So I had a friend who used to quote it all the time. So I remember mostly from that. And then I watched it and I was like, oh yeah, okay. That's what this is from. You get a lot of people saying, you're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not to me specifically. I don't believe you. Obviously. But <laughs> this is a great line though. It is a great line. Is that your sister, Ian, over there behind the <laughs> podcast equipment? What the? <laughs> behind the podcast equipment. Let's have a stack of pod- it's a big box that says podcast equipment. What about you, Aaron? Yeah, this is a movie we had on VHS, and um, it was just in regular rotation. and. Yeah. I like every part of it. Um, it's interesting. I I should have written it down. I had like a, I had like, oh, it's kind of like a, this kind of a movie. And then it transitions to like kind of another kind of movie. And it was good. You guys would have loved it. <laughs> Sounds like some great analysis. You're killing me. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but um, I really do like like every part, like this movie to me, like it doesn't, it didn't have like a slow part. I kind of, I kind of like all those sections of it. Yeah. And, um, it just reminds me of summer being a kid. Um, it, uh, you know, I didn't grow up exactly like these kids in the movie, but, um, just the idea of like the sense of freedom they have to just run around and explore. And they're kind yeah. of like inventing what they're doing each day. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a lot how my childhood was in my summers in particular. And I loved it. And it just kind of takes me back to that. And I, I always like watching this movie. Like if it's on, I will sit down and watch the rest of it. There's just something about it that goes down smooth. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah. I don't know. I, I was even asking myself why, trying to analyze that. Mm-hmm. I don't even know I have a good answer to it. It's just, it's not necessarily wholly original. I mean, it's a group of kids who get together and play baseball. It's yeah. not super plot driven, but there is a plot, right? Mm-hmm. Revolving around a giant dog. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like, I mean, like, if you just look at it from there, it's not super compelling on that. It, yeah. There's no famous names really, right. you know, in any of it, it's just, it's a real easy and satisfying watch. Like I'm never not up for watching The Sandlot mm-hmm. or if it's, I'm like flipping through and it's part way through, it's like, I'll definitely like stick with it for a while. And I don't know, there's just a certain quality to it. And I don't remember like, almost like what you're saying, Aaron, I don't remember the first time seeing this. It just always was mm-hmm. part, it was just part of the fabric somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just a, despite saying all that, I, I can't think of another movie quite like it. Right. That's that kind of, that easy or joyful of a right. watch that's not either saccharine or like kind of you grow mm-hmm. up and you're like, oh, that's dumb or lame or, I don't know. Like my like of it or, or just enjoyment of it, it hasn't changed a whole lot since when I was right. like a teenager <laughs> yeah. till right. now. It's right. just really odd that yeah. my relationship with the movie really hasn't yeah. changed I a like whole lot. I like it the same. I like it the same. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm curious. Uh, our kids are roughly the same age. Uh-huh. Like, what do your kids, what do your boys think of it? Um, 
They're they're not as into it as okay. as I am. Um, they'll sit and watch it with me. They enjoy certain parts. They like the trash talking scenes and the <laughs> when the kids are puking on everyone after they do the, <laughs> yeah. the chewing tobacco. Um, so there's like there's definitely scenes they like that like tickle them. Um, but they don't like what you were just describing is uh-huh. exactly how I feel about it, and I can tell like they they just don't have quite that same okay relationship to it. I was curious because I, I was very surprised because mm. my my kids are they're tolerant they'll watch things that are yeah you know I treasure from my childhood and they're yeah. usually good sports but they don't usually like love it or resonate the same way but they do yeah and my my oldest especially doesn't like baseball thinks it's mm-hmm. boring doesn't you know it's kind of more like Ian I guess <laughs> and he loves it. And I think yeah. about 90% of his baseball knowledge is <laughs> this <laughs> movie. Um, it's actually like, yeah, you can get, you can learn a lot about baseball from this movie. Yeah, absolutely. And I do, it's just one of the life's kind of ironies, I suppose. But my youngest is basically the, the ham character. <laughs> like he played baseball and his favorite part, like, like some kids are all fired up to like, they practice real hard or, you know, yeah. some kids are, are really good hitters or really good at pitching or just whatever. Some kids love like analyzing all the rules. Mm-hmm. I had the kid who every time he would get on base, he would do psych ops on the other <laughs> team. And like there were times where like I, I would have to like pull him aside after the game and be like, you, like he'd get on the base, he'd wave to the pitcher to try to like <laughs> induce a throw, or he would like uh, one time he, he would uh, he told me because I'm like like what are you doing? And he's like, did you see me coughing on second base? It's like yeah, like what were you doing? He's like. I kept going on and on about how sick I was so they wouldn't want to be near me so I could get a bigger lead because <laughs> they wouldn't be there to catch the ball. Like, the psych ops side yeah. of, you know, which baseball, it's funny because yeah. most sports are moving too fast or like baseball's right. like a, a little bit of action and then a lot of downtime. Mm-hmm. And so you actually do have room mm-hmm. to chat leisurely and, and do right. the kind of things that you see uh, Ham mm-hmm. do as, as the catcher with the, with the batters. But like, that is absolutely my younger son's like favorite part of baseball. Like, and <laughs> it was independent of the movie. Like that mm-hmm. existed before. <laughs> it's so seeing it, I think, on the screen, yeah. it just galvanized that uh, for him forever. That was it's one so, of my favorite scenes. Was whenever Ham's messing with all the other players. It's yeah. so funny because <laughs> he's so, so good. good at it. Yeah. it's just the right casting or the right. Yeah. I mean, it's a kid actor, yeah. but he's making money to this day. Mm. Like he, I saw him. He was at like South by like last oh, really? year, the year before. Like he's still, huh. like he has these shirts where it's like his. <laughs> it's like you're killing me, small or whatever. Like, yeah. I think he literally is still like profiting just off of people's that. nostalgia and love for that character in, in yeah. this movie. I think when you were saying like, what is it about this movie that makes it so enduring and lovable? I, I think it's the characters. Like, it's yeah. they're they're just fun characters, and like I like pretty much all of them. And, um, I can kind of like go through and like think of kids that I knew who were kind of mm-hmm. like them. And the, the movie's just very relatable. It really, it's almost like a Taika Waititi in the way yeah. that it, it really captures like the spirit of childhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's just like a master at that. And this movie just does that really well. Yeah, it does a good job of making the kids, they're all likable in their own ways, but they're all also annoying in their own ways. And I feel <laughs> I like- I think you just don't like children. Yeah, no. Okay, come on. We can all agree. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm the bad guy all of a sudden. What the heck? 
Well, they're just, they're just yeah. very well, on the future oh over here. Wow. Training his dog to eat children. Yeah. Maybe I will. <laughs> Maybe I will. <laughs> no, it, that's, it does a good job of like painting real characters, even for mm. kids, where it's like, they're not perfect and they all kind of have their things, yeah. but that's part of what makes them like, they feel real and that part of, that's part of what makes them more likable in some ways. So which one of the kids do you identify with the most? If you were <laughs> in the, the Sandlot gang, which, which one are you? Gosh, I don't know. I, I didn't think about that at all. While I was watching this. I have no idea. I mean, okay. Aaron and I both know the answer is Scotty. He, I, was, I know I was going to say Scotty, but then it makes it sound like I have to be the main character. Well, so. One, you do. And two, it's just the best fit. Yeah. I mean, it, it does fit. I just wanted that you is to admit who. it. I did like his little robot thing that he made. That was pretty cool. Yeah. The, to go get the, he's oh, like, no, the yeah, 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 erector yeah. set thing. Uh -huh. or the, yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, I was always impressed by their ideas. I was like, wow, yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, whenever they get the vacuums, yeah, the va they yeah. have all of them. I like the catapult. Yeah, yeah. The, yes. and then the dog coming out of nowhere yeah. to get it out of the air. I was like, oh man, that would have broken me. <laughs> like, because the machine worked, the plan yeah. worked. Right, it's just yeah. the dog was I just know. he was yeah. better that day. You yeah. know, sometimes you got to tip your hat. What about you, Aaron? Um, I always like squints. Yeah, I was always a, I was always a squints guy. <laughs> I could see that. <laughs> I, well, uh, maybe that's Ian too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just the best of all of them. What's his name? Squigman? Squints? Oh, yeah, it is like, yeah. It's I was like, what like, name is yeah, that? Yeah, it's like, wait, <laughs> Doesn't sound real. Yeah. No, that's, yeah. I, I like Yeah, Yeah, too. I like, yeah. the, the Timmy Tommy. Timmy Tommy. Yeah, really echo funny. each other. Yeah, yeah. My kids annoy me by doing <laughs> that sometimes. The echoing drives me nuts. Yeah, it's funny how... It's one of the most uncynical movies mm. that I actually like. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's usually when there's, it almost feels fake or just like a glossy, like, oh, let's just smile and, you know, life is grand and we're just mm -hmm. going to have a happy kind of shallow story. And I'm not saying the movie's particularly deep, but for a movie that lacks, like, Who's the bad guy in this movie? Mm -hmm. It's a dog. A dog. It's a dog being a dog. Giant and it's dog. a misunderstood dog. Who turns yeah. out to be a right. fine dog. It's just a yeah, normal yeah, yeah. dog. <laughs> and like the mean guy is just a black <laughs> guy who they're too afraid to knock on the door. Right. Just, but like in Kid, right? Yeah. Like urban legends or, or like word of mouth. Like wasn't it? It's yeah. Squints, right? It's it Squints, yeah. yeah. He had like an uncle or supposedly or yeah, yeah, some like his, his grandfather. Great. His grandfather. Yeah, he like sourced this rumor, but he anchored yeah. it to like an authority yeah. figure. Yeah. And then they all just accept it uncritically yeah. the way yeah. at that age. Yeah. It's amazing some of the stuff my kids think is true. Right. Because they just heard it at school. And yeah. it's just like, yeah. like no. It's just not but that's a entry point into like what life was like at that age, you know, middle school or, or whatever. It is interesting. Like, and it, it is something I feel like it's universal to just childhood where you, you do kind of like create these mythologies about the world that right. help explain different things. And you're constantly kind of the actual like amount of information that you have about anything is, yeah. is typically so limited, yeah. but it's like, 
you don't realize how limited it is and it just makes sense to you. And you're like, of, of course, like <laughs> this like crazy story that this kid's telling me at a sleepover is true. Like, why would I doubt it? Like, well, cause it's a plausible explanation. Right. Like where'd all the baseballs go? Right. They know they play there every day. Right. They had a count at one point. It was yeah, like a, it was a hundred yeah. or something uh-huh. baseballs. And it's just like, well, where are they? Right. So that's a fact. The fact is I can look over the fence and don't see the baseballs. So yeah. how do we explain that fact? And right. they just, it goes in that direction. And yep. It just, it makes sense. And that's good enough right? at that age, uh-huh. you know? And it's like refreshingly, like, because we all grow up and we learn that the world's a darker, colder. Right. <laughs> and we develop like cynicism because you mm. start to see more shades of gray. You start to see, you know, uh, <laughs> I was going to talk about Santa Claus, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like just some of those things you just... Yeah the scales fall off your eyes. Mm. And I think that's part of maybe what is sweet and appealing about this is you do in a way get transported back to a time because we all went through that. Mm-hmm. Kids are gullible for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> They're really right. easy to fool for, you got about 12 or so years and then it gets harder, but you know, yeah. Depending. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you're 30 and it's still, it hadn't turned out. And these on. kids are all, what would you say, like 10 to 13, somewhere in there? Yeah, at some point, doesn't it say like fifth grade or sixth grade? Yeah. Something Which like that. Which is that age. It, it's, right. yeah. it, that is that sweet spot where you do start to like be more aware of, of the world right. and, and your, your worldview really is expanding. But like you're describing, you still have that like, that air of innocence to yeah. it and it hasn't been corrupted yet. And so it really is this like small window in, in the life of a human that they've yeah. just captured. Yeah. Does that I mean, resonate with you, Ian? Yeah. Well, I was going to say they do that and it's, but it's not in like a super sappy way. Mm. Cause I feel like a lot of movies will try to cash in on that nostalgia, yeah. but it's almost just this like, Oh, look at this thing. And like, look, like remember this. Yeah. Uh, but they do it in a way that feels real enough that, it just it captures the essence of that and the feeling, but it doesn't feel like they're like just trying to capitalize on it or like profit off it. It tells it feels just like a real story right. that they're telling. It's not like a gimmick they're relying right. No, on. it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't feel like that mm. at all. And I think they throw in in enough like random little things, like like the whole pool incident <laughs> and like them going to the fair and like yeah. all of those little things, I think those help too. Yeah. And, the, and the fact that he's like narrating it too, mm-hmm. it's just, I think there's a lot of little aspects that make it feel more real mm-hmm. and not just gimmicky. Tim, do you need to fix your, I'm kind of um, worried. I'm, I'm oh, okay. It's touching the I'm a true mic. professional. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Maybe I'll just ask Aaron this question. Okay. No, no disrespect, Ian. I'll just text. I'll just get on my phone then. You, you can take five. <laughs> Quick five. Quick five. So this kind of like vibe we're talking about with the movie, to what extent does baseball play into it? Is it just, in your opinion, like just a plot device? Or does baseball, is there something inherent about baseball that contributes to the building? I, I do think there's something inherent to baseball. Um, it is like, I mean, I do, I do believe like professional baseball players, they're, they're real athletes and there's legit world-class <laughs> athletes, but like, it's like, like kind of what you're describing at the front end. Like it is the sport with kind of like the most, it, it's the sport that feels most still like a kid's sport. 
and I, that's why I was saying the athlete thing because I'm not trying mm. to like demean it. I, I think it's a legit sport, but that I love. <laughs> but it's like it just has room for them to like breathe and kind of exhibit more personality in the uh-huh. game and. And, um, there's all kind of antics and it, it's just like, even at the professional levels where I think most other sports, they have their antics too at the kind of lower levels, but as you get, it just, bec- the sport just becomes more professionalized and kind of, and so there is something about like, um, I don't know that another sport would work like, and especially that they're tying it to like, uh, Scotty and Benny's like adulthood like where Scotty becomes an announcer for the Dodgers, Benny's playing for the Dodgers. And there's, there's still this like bond and connection that they have that I don't know that I would believe it if it was like any other sport. I would, this movie only works in the way that's constructed with baseball, I think. Yeah, I think also baseball's probably the only game where, because Benny's head and shoulders above everyone else, like not even close. Mm -hmm. Um, but baseball, because you never see Benny pitch. Right. Like a dominant pitcher can completely dominate a baseball game. But apart yeah. from that, Benny's one guy who gets to hit one out of nine. Mm-hmm. And then he can only field one position. Right. And so it kind of makes sense that he could be way better, but it's yeah. still a fun game. Right. Because if they were playing basketball and Benny was like 6'5 right. and dunking and these other kids can barely yeah. dribble, it's just, that's yeah. not fun. Benny right. would lose interest, mm-hmm. you know. But baseball, like basketball, you can shoot hoops by yourself. Or a lot yeah. of sports, you can do things by yourself. Baseball, mm-hmm. you really do need, yeah, you need other, other people. You can, throw, yep. you can play catch with one other person. But right. to actually play the sport, mm-hmm. you know. And so it, it kind of, I think, helps ground Benny's motivation for, he, he is this, like, caretaker figure. Mm-hmm. And part of it, I think, is it's who he is. But part of it is, like, He's self-interested. He, he wants a, a squad. Right. Yeah, Because he, <laughs> yeah. he really wants, he wants to more play practice. baseball. Yeah. You know, he's just, he loves baseball. And right. There is something about baseball that it is like a love affair. And mm-hmm. people love all kinds of sports. It's not exclusive to baseball. But yeah. there is that kind of slower pace mm-hmm. tied to summer. Just, you just set your watch to it mm-hmm. kind of aspect that I think pairs well with the overall vibe of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's like unique to baseball. Yeah, and it's a... That same dynamic, it also makes it make sense that Smalls would be able to like Mm. work his way into it because it's the same thing the other way where if they had this like great basketball game going every day and then this kid came in who really didn't know how to play, it really does mess up the flow of a basketball game when you have someone who's kind of not on par with the rest. But baseball, you can work him in there. And Absolutely. he can learn the game and not, he doesn't disrupt the flow as much. Yeah. You need right fielders. You need yeah. right fielders. And it's helpful, yeah, it's helpful to have all the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one of my favorite parts uh, of this movie, um, and I've, I've, I can't think of another example. There's so many in movies of just kids being crappy to one another. I mean, there's obviously tons of examples of friendship, but you know, mm-hmm. bullying or just yeah. whatever, kind of the mean girls thing. Yep. Right? Yeah. Um, but this movie, Benny is, he's such <laughs> like a picture of almost like what you would want your son mm-hmm. to be like mm-hmm. and not in a fake, again, yeah. kind of syrupy kind of dumb way, but he, he loves baseball, but he stands up for Smalls. Mm-hmm. He, he sees something like, because 
uh, when a kid likes Smalls, and the, the detail's great because those cheap plastic baseball gloves, yeah. which you see coming from a mile away, yeah. like it's screaming to every one of those kids, this kid is not right. a real baseball player. Like right. if you really play baseball, you have a leather or, uh-huh. you know, not, that was like a toy. That's yeah, a not toy, a, yeah. right. Um, and so what do kids do when there's a weakling? Mm-hmm. You go and you- <laughs> it's, Destroy it's, them. It's, all right, it's, it's Lord of the Flies. It's, it's just, but yeah. it's, it's what kids are, are like. Mm-hmm. And you see that. Mm. Right. These aren't somehow angelic kids who don't yeah. know hate or don't know bullying or whatever. Like they go and they start picking on them because that's what you do when there's someone new and there's someone who's a weakling. Yeah. And Benny's the one that kind of gets in there and it's not a, Hey, Hey, Hey guys, like we're going to be, not, it's just the way it feels like seamless mm-hmm. the way that, cause Benny's the leader. He's the cool kid. He's the best athlete. He's the alpha kind of figure in their little group. And he uses his position to like help right. like smalls, you know, he, he helps them and mm-hmm. the other kids don't immediately fall in line, but Benny, like he advocates for him. He gives him the, the glove. Yeah. He helps shore mm-hmm. him up. It's not just words. It's, it's with actions, gives him his hat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's like smalls doesn't know how to, to catch. Right. Yeah. And it's like, it's corny. And anyone who like really plays baseball, you, you can't, no one's that good. Yeah. I don't care who you are. You're, no one's that good. But he's just like, you know, stick your hand up and he hits it right. Like yeah. the skill is all Benny's, has nothing right. to do with Smalls, uh-huh. but it infuses Smalls with confidence. And then it wins him the acceptance of like the other kids and other players. And I just love like Benny and his character. Yeah, like, I, it, I it do really too. Is this, I really like, liked him. You're so used to like kind of crap heads, yeah. like kids or, you mm-hmm. know, who are, and he's just this like, he feels real, but he's also this like really well-grounded version of what you would want your son to be. Yeah. Well, that's what, I mean, I love that scene. I, I like that scene whenever he tells him to just stick his glove up. <laughs> I don't I don't normally like super cheesy stuff, but I just thought it was good. Like, cause he, he is, he's like trying to help him, but it also shows how good Benny is. Yeah. And even if nobody can actually be that good, it's like. It shows, he's like really trying it. It finally gives him a challenge and it gives him something to actually try to well, do. Well, he measures it up, right? right you can yeah. see him uh-huh. kind of right. looking you, at you it. You get yeah. that whole like <laughs> anticipation of it and then it hits. And yeah, it's just a great scene. But he's doing that for uh, for Scotty. But yeah, the way, I, I feel like it reminded me of certain kids that I knew whenever I was younger. Like there are just kids like that where it's like, yeah. everybody's just going to follow them. It doesn't matter right. what, mm-hmm. like they're just good at stuff and they're just natural leaders and they're confident and they know how to use all that like natural ability that they have. And kid, like kids are just going to follow them. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't even really feel out of place. Right. That, and they, they normally will have like these, like gangs that they roll around with. And so it doesn't even feel out of place. It's like every, every gang of kids needs a Benny, but I love how much of like a father figure he is to Scotty and he'll like in like a peer sense, but he really does do a lot for him that I thought was really touching. Mm -hmm. And he does when he's, it's kind of what you were already saying, Tim, but when Benny brings Scotty in and he's like, you know, he gets, Smalls gets to be part of the game just like the rest of you. I think it's another example of why 
this movie really works probably the most as a baseball movie. Cause kind of like you're already saying, like if this is a basketball movie, a kid like Benny can just go out and just score every basket and the rest of them kind of stand around and don't ever even touch the ball. But in baseball, it's like Benny's one of nine and everyone else gets their at bat too. And Scotty gets his at bat, no matter if he's the best or the worst, he still gets his at bat. He still gets his three strikes or four balls mm-hmm. and just like everyone else. And it, the baseball, I think that's why it's such an American sport because it, it ha- does have that like democratic nature yeah. to it where like mm. everyone who's on the team gets a chance. Yeah, and you can't skip over it. Right, you don't get to skip anyone. Mm. You don't get to hide anyone. Yeah, and it, this isn't unique to baseball, but it really does value different skill sets. <laughs> yeah. So you have your slow power hitters. You have your right. pitchers. You have your fast skinny guys. Then you got to talk into the mic. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Um, and so it's yeah, this is the last time I set up my own <laughs> mic um, but yeah it, it's uh, you see Benny because he's not it's not about himself mm. so he's not threatened by other people and you can say well that's because he's clearly the best and that's true <laughs> sure, yeah. but he also wants everyone else to enjoy what he enjoys love mm-hmm. what he loves and he wants to see them get better mm-hmm. and he doesn't make himself the center of it and so the things that other people are good at he is happy to celebrate that and so I think you see that when kind of the fancy kids come and they challenge him and Ham's the one that's like, right. Yeah. Like I Benny do love that. Been, right? yeah. They respect Benny. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah. he's good. And the rest of y'all right. are trash. Right. And you know, Ham's the one yeah, he gets into like the insult <laughs> war yeah, yeah. back and forth, but that's what he's good at. Yeah. Like Benny might be able to hit the ball a mile. Yeah. Ham's the one who you right. want up there <laughs> when it comes time to right. smack talk. And, uh-huh. and Benny is happy to like, you know, step aside and, right. It really is this picture of seeing like different people like with different abilities mm-hmm. kind of coming together and, and you know, there's times where Benny's the backup singer and there's times a lot of the time when he's he's oh. not. But mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, you still see all the different roles. And I love that it's Ham that like wins in the game, basically. That's so fun. He's <laughs> just such a funny kid. Well, I do I love in that game, it's not there's a way of writing that scene where it comes down to the last at bat. It's like super close because right, they're yeah. good and they're good. And then Benny comes and hits a home run and, you know, cause he's mm-hmm. the best, but like the way they film that scene, it's yeah. a, they demolish them. Yeah. Every single one of those kids gets a hit. Every single, you know, it yep. wasn't even a contest. Right. It's just, that's how good they were. Cause they practice all the time, right. you know, and it's, you know, very mm-hmm. satisfying. But then there's no brawl. There's no, right. <laughs> it's just the way kids are. Like they yeah. probably forgot yeah. about it the next week. And yeah. is that, isn't that the same day they go to the, they go to the yeah, fair. Yeah. Then they night. go to the fair that they, night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What I'm curious to, um, nostalgia is a fascinating thing to me. Uh, mostly cause I'm not super nostalgic, but a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. And this movie set in 1962. There's a banner at one point near the end. Um, mm-hmm. You see it, and it says 1962. Um, that's part of why I was asking you, like, how your kids took it, because mm-hmm. 1962 is like well before my time. Yeah. Like, you know, my dad was right. in grade school. You know, not even, my dad would be younger than the guys yeah. in, in that movie. Thought, yeah, same. Um, so, like, I personally have no 
attachment to like, oh, mm-hmm. life was better in the, you know, the 50s or 60s or, right. you know, before Vietnam or whatever. Um, but like, like to w- what is it about that time that seems to like provoke like a lot of uh, nostalgia? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I'm genuinely curious, like, or, or maybe you don't think it, it, it does. I think it's like, I don't know, I'm shaky on my U.S. history, but I know you guys are good with it. But I think that's kind of like, that, that's like post-World Wars b- before Vietnam, right? Or Yeah, it's a little before the Kennedy assassination, yeah. before things kind of took in. Uh, so in a way, like, America has been prospering. This this seems like kind of a suburban setup. I think the yeah. suburbans yeah. were the suburbs were generally like a newer kind of concept and way of way of living at this time. And I think it's just it was just kind of like a almost like that age being 10. It's like the it's like the 10-year-old years of America where mm-hmm. you, like as a country it's it's still kind of innocent, it's still kind of sweet. Um there's these kind of like mythologies that we believed about ourselves and the world that haven't totally been shattered yet or kind of like, Oh, wait a minute. But yeah. you know, maybe we're not the complete good guys that we think we are, or, you know, it's just, I don't know, maybe just the way that, um, <laughs> it's just another good, like fit, yeah. I guess that, like I said, that if, if America was like an age, at that time, it it would feel like being about a ten year old, ten to twelve year old, or something like that. Where life hasn't, you might have seen some things, some some real things. But like, <laughs> I just went through World War II. Yeah. I was like, well, life's pretty Aaron, good. Aaron needs to watch yeah. Band of Brothers or uh, <laughs> Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, again. just do Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Well, it was at the, like, I read that book that I was talking about a ton last year, Bowling Alone, and that was the peak mm. of basically, like, social social equity or whatever. Mm-hmm. That was the peak of, like, trust and, like, community, essentially, right. in the yeah. U.S. It was right after World War II, mm-hmm. so, like, like 50s, early 60s, and then mm. it's basically been trending down since yeah. then. So I do think that there is something special mm-hmm. about that time. Um, and then did you have something you want to say, Tim? No, I, I, I thought that was very interesting. I'm, I'm listening. Well, yeah, well the, uh, the other thing that I was thinking about is cause we were talking about this the other day, Tim, like you read that article about the multiverse and how it like by making your scope so large, you take away a lot of the, a lot of like the stakes and a lot of what mm. actually makes things interesting. And it mm-hmm. only, it makes the stories less human mm-hmm. uh, whenever you have these multiverse stories and there's like, it almost doesn't matter what happens because there's like another reality or there's time travel or whatever. And a lot of our movies are like that. And while I was watching this, we had just talked about that and I just read that article and I was thinking this is like the anti multiverse (laughs) movie Mm -hmm. because it's like, you don't even get a look into the like adult lives. It's like, it's just the kids and their, their world is, I mean, their world is essentially from what you see, it's like, that baseball lot that they pay, they play in the sand lot. And then it's like the pool and like the carnival, basically like the, that's, and then I guess school, but you don't even really see that because <laughs> this is during the summer. So it's like their yeah. world is so small. Mm-hmm. You really don't see anything, but like you were saying, it's so, it's just so easy to watch. And mm-hmm. I do think that there's something to that of like, 
There's, I think there's a tie in there of just that it is so small, but our lives are all really small a lot of the times. Yeah. And I, I think that's part of what is so interesting to me. Cause like I said, I, I'm not inherently a nostalgic person and I have no firsthand nostalgia for 1962 or anything like right. that. But I watched that movie and I would like do anything to like live in that time mm. or I would love it if my kids had their own Sandlot mm -hmm. baseball team or could yeah. get transported into that movie mm. and live that life. And the rational part of me knows that that's not realistic or even that's like this kind of sanded off yeah. like version of reality. Mm. There were still social problems back yep. then. There was still right. pain or dysfunction and all that kind of stuff. Like I know that, but when I watch this movie, it's just <laughs> like, yeah, forget the internet, forget yeah. you know, all, all the things. Like I would love, like if I had a button and it said like, <laughs> go back to being 10 in oh, this wow. movie yeah. or like live your life like as it is right now. It's like, I like my life. Yeah. I would totally have that button <laughs> like, every time. Like, and I think that's just, it's just interesting to me. Like, like uh, why, what, yeah. you know, like what is it about the uncomplicated life? What is it about, it's like, yeah, I get it. I, I, I do love playing baseball. I certainly did at that age, but Benny plays a lot of baseball. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not just the baseball. Right. You know, there is something about the camaraderie. Everyone, I think, wants a group of friends um, where they can just mm -hmm. be a crew and they, you know, run around town, the freedom away from adults, you know, mm -hmm. the, the freedom to, you know, they bust on each other, but they care about each other. And, I even kind of like how the movie ends where mm. it does take you out of that a little bit by yeah. peeling everyone away. And it's, yeah. it's kind of like an epilogue. It's, yeah. they don't really, you mm. know, depict it, but it's also leaving you like, you feel sad, but it's it like- It makes me sad every time. Yeah. It's, I always get sad but like, that's that life. Movie. People move yeah. away. Yeah. And so it makes you, I think the, the intent is to like enjoy it while you right. have it, you know, which is a good thing, but- I don't know. I, I guess I'm just kind of. Yeah, no, the, even that, that last scene where uh, Benny, when he's with the Dodgers, I forget, does he steal home? He steals, he home, steals yeah. home, yeah. He steals home. It's, in, it's on his home field. The, the fans are going wild and Smalls, he's an announcer. So he seems to have like done well in his own career, but it's like, he's wearing the, Smalls is wearing the fishing hat and they kind of acknowledge each other. And to me, it kind of felt like this, like, unspoken, like, they're remembering, like, this is cool, but that was maybe actually the best time of our mm -hmm. life was back when we were kids just playing in that sandlot. And so, it, yeah, it does kind of give me that sense that it's trying to say, like, enjoyed, like, the, mm -hmm. they might feel like small moments in the grand scheme, but kind of like the multiverse thing you're saying, Ian, like, if you, if you're able to, like, zoom in, there is like great richness and meaning and, and depth in these kind of like smaller moments and don't overlook them. You know, they're, mm -hmm. they can be rich. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's normally what our lives are made out of is just mm. like a lot of small moments like that. And you can either choose to see the beauty and like the, the things that you enjoy in those, or you can see all the hard things, but I think you, you just get a picture of them enjoying that and like enjoying each other. And I think part of what's so powerful about it is just like the camaraderie you were saying, Tim, but just like having somewhere to go 
every day where it's like they just knew mm. that they were going to be accepted there. They knew that they had people there. They were going to be doing something that they wanted to do with people that they wanted to be around. And that I think that's pretty rare mm. even now. I mean, I just don't think that, and I think it's part of because our worlds are so expansive now, like it's just so easy. Cause like, I'm, you know, I don't know how many people it, I was looking yesterday and I had texted like, I don't know, whatever, like 20 people or something yesterday. And it's like, Show off. what are, yeah, a hundred people. Uh, All your friends that are situated just off camera. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> laughing with you. Yeah. Uh, actually it was 50 people. I have a lot of friends. No, but it was, it was a lot of people. I was like, I don't really need to be talking to all these people, but I'm like in my head, I mean, it's just the way our society works. You know, you're just keeping track of different people and what's going on and like what thing, what, what's happening and where you're going to go and everything. Um, but I do think that without that, it doesn't mean it'll always be better, but I think if you, if your world isn't so expansive, it creates a, an area for it to be really solidified and like really stable and where you have the same thing and you like can go back to the same people and you can create these relationships that might be, based around baseball, but end up being something way more than that. Mm -hmm. And I like that too, actually. Now I'm, I'm just kind of just, just going off the top of my head here. Hey man, you're Benny right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just riffing. Uh, well, I was thinking of, there's a Lewis quote where he talks about like, you can't just be friends with somebody. You need a commonality. Like you need something to tie you together. You can't just go up to somebody and say like, Oh, like I want to be your friend. And I, we've talked about this a little bit before, but uh, whether it's baseball or whatever it is, it is important for them to have something that brings them all together. And I think we can downplay that sometime, sometimes, uh, especially, I mean, in our culture, whenever it's like everything needs to be, you know, building something or making something, being efficient somehow, maybe mm -hmm. not as kids, but I do know some kids that are like that and they really weird me out. <laughs> I'm like, what are you... Are you so like efficient? You're just a child. Like, but they, they just have baseball and it's like, they're not even on a real team. Like it's not, yeah. you know, they're not actually playing games. They're just playing right. with their friends, but it really does bring them together. And that, that makes it really important. I just want to point out that that exact quote and that exact point was featured in our life group retreat. Oh, wow. That you chose not to go on. I was not there. <laughs> when uh, we were doing our own sandlot. <laughs> really had something else. That, uh, <laughs> hang out with your other 20 <laughs> people. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I had a lot of people to text that weekend. So <laughs> I can't be hanging out. I definitely can't get away. <laughs> yeah. Way too busy. Do you guys play baseball? No. No. Played foosball. Oh, that's right. That's a great sport. Yeah. Oh, that's a good movie. That would be a great movie too. <laughs> foosball movie. And a lot of poker. Oh, nice. So given what we know about Scotty Smalls, this just popped in my head when Aaron was talking a few minutes ago. Does the fact that he grew up to be a baseball announcer constitute a waste of talent or a fulfillment of a life dream? Was that a good outcome or a bad outcome? Huh. I think within the scope of the movie, it's a good outcome. Because, I mean, didn't he like... Say he almost got like an A minus once, but it was like a straight A, like brain yeah. damage student. Yeah. It's like, maybe he should have been curing cancer or something <laughs> and, and not been a, a baseball announcer. Wow, the, the Benny and the crew really drug him down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like really, he was on a, the, it's, I blame the mom, you know? Yeah. 
he yeah. was he was perfectly content reading his books and yeah. being a great student. And she's like, "Go get in trouble, get whatever, get grounded, like get dirty." Hey, she she, she was a bad influence. She derailed him. Yeah, yeah. She was like the the forebearer to the ET mom. <laughs> <laughs> Smoke some cigarettes. <laughs> Come on, get out there. Do some drugs. Come on. Aren't, aren't you cool? Come on. Nerd. Yeah. It's like bullying him. him. And then Smalls grew up to be a hippie, and yeah. then it all went downhill. Yeah, I, um, it's like my favorite thing, and then like maybe least favorite thing about baseballs the, the announcer stories. Like the game, and I haven't, I haven't watched any games, I think, since they changed the rules to speed it up. That's one of the things I thought about is like, they're like, oh, the, the announcer stories in between like action are epic <laughs> and they're just, they're hilarious. Wait, what did, I haven't watched baseball in a long time. Like they'll tell stories about the players A guy will come what? up to bat and be like, yeah, so this guy, <laughs> here's a guy. <laughs> here's a guy. In college, he uh, worked at Six Flags. Or, you know, they're just like, <laughs> they're like telling a story about him working well, at Six Flags. Because their job's like, to hang out around the batting cage <laughs> right. and just chat and then like go and then during the broadcast just chat and yeah that's what i mean like is scott is this a waste of talent you know given his academic pedigree that's what i was driving at like it doesn't take a lot of like academic talent to be a baseball you just gotta be a guy who can talk for like four hours right and usually they're former players they're former players yeah and so i just wonder if society would have been better served if if scotty had more ambition and wasn't just wanting to talk about baseball and i gotta say that i didn't really see anything in the glimpse of scotty's life that we got that told me he could become that guy who could sit and chat for four hours like (laughs) He's kind of awkward. He's kind of like I, yeah. high strung. I don't know. That is true. That's the biggest miss of the movie, yeah. maybe. <laughs> maybe, yeah, that makes, well, maybe that's his passion, though. You know, maybe it's just what he's always wanted to do. You got to follow your passion. That's what I always say. Yeah, that's always what Ian says. Yeah, yeah. Ian passion. does always say that. Yeah. He texts it to all 20 of his friends. That's why I'm texting people every day. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them are on their path to becoming baseball announcers. <laughs> Strangely enough. <laughs> on a scale of one to ten, how much did it bother you that they were wearing jeans while playing? Oh, I hate uh, that. Yeah, I don't like that. I'm like, was that a 60s thing? Like, I don't yeah, get he that. He told them. He was like, go get some jeans. I was like, what? <laughs> That's the worst advice ever. What do you... Come on, Benny. Like Everything else checked out. Yeah, I normally like, you're great at this. Get some jeans. I yeah. was like, wow. It's hard for me to imagine a time in any period of history Ugh. where playing baseball in jeans was no. normal. Yeah. Oh, one thing I, I was thinking about that scene with the, uh, with, whenever he tells him, he's like, yeah, this hat, go burn it. <laughs> yeah. I really, I, I like viewing Benny as like kind of this father figure. It's an interesting like, he, he's like teaching him. He's yeah. not just saying like, oh, you're fine the way you are. Like, you know, we accept you exactly the way that you mm-hmm. are. Just come hang out with us. He's like, that's a stupid hat. Those are stupid <laughs> pants. Like, or he's, I think he's wearing like long shorts or he's something. He's wearing like shorts. Yeah. yeah, but they're like really dorky shorts. And he's like, yeah, he's like, just get rid of those, like burn them. <laughs> Nobody ever needs to see those again. But like, that's so much more helpful to to Scotty than to just be like oh what a, you know what you're wearing yeah. is great like we totally accept you in that because it's just objectively not yeah and I was just thinking it's a I think it might be 
I feel like that might be like a microcosm of the shifting in, I don't know, just like society. I'm sure kids still do stuff like that, but I think the messages <laughs> that we teach kids now is to be like way more on just the accepting side and not of the like objectivity side of things, which obviously I'm like blowing this way out of proportion, but I don't, it struck me because everybody needs to be taught certain things. Like, we don't just inherently know what's best for us. And I, I felt like that was a really good teaching moment where Benny was just saying like, this is objectively dumb. Don't do this. <laughs> and I said, we all need that in a lot of different ways. I assure you kids still do that. Yeah, I'm sure they it's do. It's just more cruel. Yeah. Yeah. I was I'm like, sure. go online. Sure read do. the comments. Yeah. I was on Reddit earlier today. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty rough out there. But I think just from like a mentoring or like, yeah, father figure or like a peer, but like that leader sort of way. Yeah. I don't know. I just think that that's helpful in some settings and we've kind of gotten away from yeah. valuing it. No, I, I hear what you're saying. Cause it's, again, it's, it's not Benny trying to convenience himself and no. it's not Benny being mean spirited. It's right. Benny trying to help, you know, yep. it's, it's that kid version of like faithful or, or the wounds of a friend. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's maybe wounding, but it's, it's to help him. Right. Yeah. You know? And so maybe he didn't want to hear that, that his shorts were dorky, but Benny's loving him enough to risk offending him for, you know, right. smalls is good. Which does like, I think like within the dynamics of the relationship, it's not like a huge risk, but it is risking something. Like he just met this kid oh, sure. and like mm -hmm. he's telling him, you know, he says he's saying something like offensive to him, which I think in our day that the, like, it's just a different, you could, you could just, make that a very different scene, I think. And I, I appreciated it. I think in a lot of different facets of life, that's, yeah, it's an important thing to do. Like to be able to, uh, tell somebody that you care about. Yeah. The, wh whatever, all the proverbs and song, like <laughs> stuff, whatever you just said, all the stuff in there. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah somewhere all in the, the middle. proverbs of like, uh, the rebuke of a friend is better than uh, <laughs> kisses of an enemy. Right, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All that stuff, which I, I think it's, it's hard to do that. And I don't think we do that well now. Yeah. I would argue. And if, if Scotty would have been able to more fully receive that, that sentiment or that acceptance of, you know, we like, where he is accepted and cared about and he can be known, um, it would have like basically destroyed the whole plot because it basically revolves around him not knowing baseball right. well and yeah. not knowing who Babe Ruth that's is. That's true, yeah. That's and it just, point. at some point, if he just would have acknowledged, yeah, I don't know who Babe Ruth is. If right. he would have been able to accept that, like, okay, these guys are just, they accept me. It's okay if I don't know who Babe Ruth is. They might give me a hard time about it, but ultimately they care about me like, yeah. you know, developing my baseball knowledge and, and getting better at this. Um, you wouldn't have had a movie because they right. just told him who baby Ruth is. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> okay. Don't use that baseball. Right. Like, yeah. It's kind of weird that he used it. And he, I mean, it's like <laughs> up there on the, it is up would there. Have thought he, would, he would just know that his, it's important. His stepdad, dad, uh, Scott, whatever his name is. Yeah, what, I forget. Bill. 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 Bill, that guy's a jerk. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Dennis Leary, man. That's a young uh, Dennis yeah, Leary. young Dennis Leary. Oh, he's a jerk. Red Sox fan. <laughs> but it's weird because clearly he like treasures those things. Right, yeah. 
And even if Scotty doesn't know who Babe Ruth is, it's still like Bill's stuff who he has this weird relationship with. Like, I don't know. This goes back it's to the mom. <laughs> if that mom hadn't yeah. been telling him to it does seem bad like stuff, the mom's then fault. yeah. The funniest thing was when they bought the drugstore baseball and scribbled Babe Ruth oh, on yeah. it. It's like bright white. Yeah. And just like, yeah, yeah. It's just a placeholder. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, a bias no. time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're actually going to draw the eye too. Right. It's going to feel right. more yeah. out of place. Did you feel any moral quandary when it came to um, uh, Mr. Myrtle? Myrtle? Did they like take advantage of a poor <laughs> blind man just to save or like getting in trouble? I mean, any any uh, any compunctions there? In any with him, like with the trade that they make where he's Mr. Like- Myrtle. Let me just lay this out. Yeah. I understand he's blind, so I understand he's not looking at the ball. Yeah, but he was a player, a former elite player, right? Yeah. More importantly, a baseball signed by the 1927 Yankees, yeah. which for context, Ian is considered one of the greatest teams of all time. Multiple uh-huh. top shelf Hall, Hall of Famers. famers. Yeah. So he would have if, if Babe Ruth was like one signature on one ball, it would have been Babe Ruth plus. Half a dozen other yeah. all time legends. Yeah. Who's on Mantle's that? Mantle's a little later, but I think Maris, or Maris, not Maris, yeah. uh, Gehrig. Gehrig's Gehrig, one of those. Yeah. Anyway, heavy hitters. Yeah. Got it. This is a man who, like, <laughs> lives, you know, yeah, so wherever know this town that. is, it ain't Beverly Hills or it ain't, right. you know, yeah. he was blind most of it. I mean, he got hit when he was in his 20s, mm-hmm. right? He was playing. Right. I don't know what government benefits are, but they don't make you rich as a blind man kind of yeah. living on disability. Right. That ball probably represented like <laughs> five times his like net worth. Yeah. <laughs> Were they wrong to accept it? <laughs> like well, they took the guy's nest egg and he had like met them for the first time and in exchange they had to come like listen to like I'd essentially say, announcer baseball stories. What you're leaving out is that he got to talk with 10 year olds about baseball yeah. every day. Once a week. Once a week. Not even every yeah, day. Yeah, not even every day. Once a week. Maybe that's where Smalls learned how to. Uh, I'm just saying. That's yeah. Did an adult he need to step him. in here and say maybe Mr. Myrtle's a little either lonely or senile? Bill, Bill or... seemed happy to take that yeah. baseball. <laughs> I'm just he saying. had no questions. He was like, All right. I understand Bill's out his Babe Ruth ball, but maybe put it behind glass next time, or, yeah. or maybe you know develop your relationship with your stepson a little better. <laughs> right, yeah, I, mean, you know, I understand right. why Bill <laughs> comes out a winner here, and poor Mr. Myrtle loses his retirement nest egg. Yeah. He also doesn't know for sure that he even has a baseball signed by Babe Ruth, yeah, honestly. That's true. <laughs> I mean, he just has to trust some right. two-year-olds yeah. who knocked down his fence, right. yeah. lost yeah, his dog. exactly. Yeah. Almost got his dog killed. Yeah. I don't know. Seems I, I'm fine just, to me. It's I a little know. fishy to me. <laughs> I, I, I'm, if I was Mr. Myrtle's like family member or attorney or someone responsible yeah. for him, I'd have been like, hey, let's look about this a little harder. No, he does not seem to be in the position to be giving away <laughs> yeah. his his probably biggest financial asset. Easily his biggest. <laughs> that, that, that ball was worth more than his house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why is he living in that house if he's got that ball? Because clearly it's not that special to him. Like he just right, gives it to these kids. I mean. just, yeah. why, why didn't he sell it like a long time ago? live in a nicer house that's not a junkyard. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he just likes his junkyard I house. guess he does. I mean, yeah. 
I mean, it couldn't have been cheap to feed that dog. Yeah, that's right? true. So that alone well, probably he's drew. He's, he lives right, off his yeah. children. <laughs> <laughs> Just needs to lure more kids in there. Would our would life be better today if we went back and embraced using cold steak? <laughs> As a medicine. Oh, man. I, that's uh, one of the more satisfying things to me. I was like, man, I wish, wish someone would slap a meat on my face when my it head's hurting. It feels weirdly you know? like yeah. therapeutic, right? right. Yeah. Like, it's like, I'm going to start a hospital and I'm going to treat people with it's that. Just and I'm meat. just going to, yeah. yeah put a steak on that. Yeah. Uh, maybe a pork chop on that one. I don't yeah. need, I don't want to see any kind of studies or anything, but meat is nutrient rich. Surely. <laughs> There's well, some benefit. It's flesh, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's natural. There's, it's there like, must be it's, some benefit to As long as it's like grass-fed, I guess. It's good or, inside the body. Right. <laughs> why not out? And then you just grill it after yeah. it's on your So then you feel good just all around. Your wound feels good, and you just ate a delicious steak. So I love how Bill is just like, it's going to be black and blue, but it won't swell up. It's just slap a steak on it. You get the... Because the color looks cool. It makes you look tough. You just, yeah. you know, you don't want it to deal with the swelling. So right. it's like best of both worlds. Yeah. Never mind that he might have like a fractured orbit. Right. Or <laughs> yeah. That was uh, <laughs> in a movie full of like relatable moments. Mm. Uh, I think, especially now in my like my old age with like my own children, Bill <laughs> sm- <laughs> <Yeah>. smacking. <laughs> I know, yes. <laughs> like, because. Bill, and again, I, I relate very, very, very closely. Like he, he hits his stepson in the face, like causes this injury. The kid's crying. Yeah. Mom's upset. Mm-hmm. Bill's not that apologetic. No, he's not. <laughs> and he has no reason to be. I will go to my grave defending oh my it. Like gosh. he threw, the kid should have caught the ball. Yeah. And in fact, I think the ball went through the did. glove. Because yeah. the he glove did. was cheap. Right. His glove yeah. went into his so yeah. Bill has no remorse. Yeah. <laughs> But that's like the ultimate dad thing. Yeah. Because like you're not being a good dad if you have remorse about that. Like he's not mm-hmm. happy he got hurt, but it yeah. was a catchable ball. It broke. It got hit. Like, you know, you got to toughen up. It's a yeah. good life lesson. Nothing to feel sorry about. It happens. Yeah. And I just like that he like yeah. Dennis Leary played that the right way. Yeah, I agree. I still think Bill's a jerk. <laughs> Maybe not necessarily because, well, he didn't have to like throw it at his face. Like he obviously wasn't catching it. And then he's like, it he's was like whipping him in up. there. It's like, come on, whip, just throw it underhand or something well, for a second. And don't like, they say something about him throwing Bill? a curveball? I yeah, thought it said he, like he threw a curve. Oh, yeah. He does. He's, yeah, he's, I think he does say How something like that. That's, yeah. a, that's a bold something. choice. Yeah, yeah. Kid I mean, you, like never you gotta played. get a lot of a lot of movement on <laughs> yeah. that to make it curve at all. Like that's gonna at be the coming same pretty time, fast. I've thrown a lot of batting practice and a lot of catch in the last two years with my white boy, boy playing baseball. I've mixed in some curves to some unsuspecting <laughs> children. <laughs> I may have hit a few on the kneecaps. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And since no one listens to this podcast, I can be honest. No remorse. <laughs> yeah, but, no remorse. Uh, when the kids see you bringing the cooler of steaks. That's so right. We're going to bury practice day. today, boys. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's the way. Uh, that, that's how uh, our country was built, by kids getting hit by their dads. Distant and having stepfathers. That's right. <laughs> And that not, happened to not me. I had my I, when I was little. I had my tongue split open <laughs> playing catch with my dad. I took, dang, your <laughs> tongue? Did yeah, you like bite it, it or something? It hit me right in the mouth. Yeah, oh, dang. I missed the ball. It was 
No yeah. remorse too, I right? I blamed myself. I yeah, exactly. It was right to me. Didn't get the See? glove up in time. You should be writing this down, Ian. The thing that I thought was so, if we're just talking about random stuff now, the thing that I thought was so weird, is he kept on saying like, teach me, the, the phrasing was really weird. It was like, teach me catch. <laughs> it was like, what? Like, just like, like it's like play catch or like, I don't know, just the, the phrase, you guys know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Seems like you're on Bill's side now. The phrasing yeah. was really weird. No, he was saying it weird. Well, that's the why whole, Bill didn't want to do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bill was like, I'm not wasting time on this. <laughs> lost cause. I, mean, I think Bill sized him up, saw lost right. cause. Like, you know, maybe if he got into him when he was like two or three, right. could have made something out of him. But but he, Bill was like, just play with the erector set. That's like, right. <laughs> that's free. That's your lane. Stay in your lane. Yeah, I wasn't, I, don't, I wasn't sure if that was like some baseball nomenclature that I didn't know or something. It seemed weird to me. Mm. No, it's weird. I don't know. So what do you make of... Heroes get remembered, but mm. legends never die. <laughs> yeah, that's a cool line. He <laughs> uh, actually has that over his bed. <laughs> yeah. Good thing I'm both. <laughs> Good thing I'm both. <laughs> uh, I gotta be honest, I did not think of that hard about it. <laughs> I just was like, oh, that's a cool line. I think I had heard that quoted before and I forgot it was from this. So, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Wait, what was it again? Heroes, Heroes get remembered, remembered, but legends never die. Sounds pretty similar to me. I don't know. I don't I know. Mean, I got nothing on this. Babe Ruth appeared to him. I, I mean, mean, I guess if you're talking <laughs> literally. That's a dead. quote from yeah, Babe I guess Ruth. If you're talking literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actual, that was just them filming. And, and What's the guy? Of, Babe Ruth just came out of the closet while they were filming. <laughs> And said that. <laughs> Wasn't the guy who played Babe Ruth also in Field of Dreams as one of the yes, Black Sox? He was. Like, I, I think the guy just makes a living he went on a as like a run. 1920s yeah. or 30s. Yeah. Like, you need Old like a stocky guy. Yeah. Right. Like, that's not a bad living. Yeah. Well, that isn't. Maybe. <laughs> How many movies <laughs> are there? an A student yeah, or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's trying to like explore the idea of like. I guess the difference between a hero and a legend, like Benny's their hero and he, because he's the best and he, yeah. he's good at baseball. And, um, but there's a way that you grow up, you, you live your life, you become an adult and you kind of, you know, it's, I remember there was kids like that. I don't remember their names. I don't like, you know, we, we've lost track. They're probably, you know, just working a, a normal job like I am somewhere, like, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but there's something, that, maybe a hero in in this, the sense, the way that they're defining it is like someone you look up to for some reason, but it's like, Benny is the best player in, in this sandlot on this street or this little town, but there's a thousand Bennies you know, across the country. A legend is, you know, he, he pickled the beast. Like yeah. th that's something none of those kids probably ever forgot. And they just, you know, and so in that sense, that story never dies. You remember the kid who pickled the beast. You, over time, you forget the kid who could, you know, hit the ball the best. Mm -hmm. I think is the Yeah, the idea. and I think it's like that probably, that story 
gets passed down to like the next generation mm-hmm. of kids. And it's like, right. even if you forget who Benny was, like they probably don't know who Benny was, but it's like he becomes this mythic character, mm-hmm. this legend who who pickled the beast. And, and then probably that story gets like kind of turned into something else. But yeah, there, there's like a mythic around it. Well, the whole scene it's trying to motivate Benny to do what yeah. in Benny's head is like the impossible. Right. Like, that's crazy. That's suicide. Right. Like that that dog's huge. He eats kids. There mm-hmm. nothing can be done there. And so Babe Ruth in the dream is trying <laughs> to, you know, motivate him to yeah. take a risk, to overcome fear, to, uh-huh. you know, aspire to to something better or like greatness in, in the little kid world. And so, like, Benny's their hero just because he's Benny. It takes very little effort from him. He's just being himself. He loves baseball. He's good at it. Mm -hmm. The kids look up to him. He kind of has a big brotherly kind of nurturing sort of way with them, and it's great. Um, And he's their hero, but it's trying to push him to something more, like, transcendent or something better. Um, you know, and pickling the beast is uh, you know old rubber legs. I like a baby call some rubber legs. It's like, you know, but it, it is this kind of like you know we we're saying how early like when you lack perspective at that age, things mm-hmm. take on mythic. You know, and it's trying to sometimes you have to take risks. You know, in its own kind of corny way. But yeah, I don't know. There's a little little kernel of something there. Maybe, you know, maybe not to Ian. But. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I buy it. I buy what Aaron's saying. I mean, it is like, it's the power of storytelling in a yeah. way. And it's the power of like stories that we tell ourselves. Cause that's, I mean, even the, the beast is like a myth, right? Cause the reality of the beast is not anything. I mean, it's, it's very dissimilar to what the beast actually is, mm-hmm. but they have this myth. They have this whole story about how he like eats kids and, you go over that fence and you don't come back. And and that's how that really affects their lives. And it makes their lives like more interesting and more fun. Whereas like if it's just a dog, then it's boring and you know, it's just kind of normal. And we so we need stuff like that. We need like we need those myths, either like good or bad. And and I mean it is interesting. Like people have been creating those pretty mm-hmm. much all of human civilization. These stories that like people can't really live up to, but we still talk about because they're inspiring to us in some ways or they're like what we want to be or they like represent maybe some of our biggest fears mm-hmm. um, like with the beast. So how does that ultimately relate back to like the gospel, you know? I think, yeah, I mean, one of the things that I was, I mean, I'm sure there's a, there's a lot you could talk about there, but one of the things that I was thinking about while I was watching this, I, I feel like a lot of it, if you wanted to, spin a take on like what is this movie talking about i think one of the things it's talking about is fear it's talking Mm -hmm. about uh a lot of times the things that we fear aren't as uh, aren't worth as much fear as we put into them or aren't worth that like that myth that we create around them a lot of times is a lot more scary than the thing Mm -hmm. itself and if you go out and you just face that like i did really like that scene uh, whenever Babe Ruth comes in and he's like, well, all you have to do is just, you just go jump in there and you just go get the ball. Right. Cause it really is that Yeah. Don't think easy. have fun. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, don't overthink it. And this thing that before, like you were saying was totally impossible to Benny all of a sudden. And he just, he wouldn't have considered it at all. He didn't consider it at all. None of them did. 
they were trying all this other crazy <laughs> stuff. But as soon as that got said to him, this thing that was impossible became, <laughs> to use interstellar, it became necessary. <laughs> the great, the great writing of Christopher Nolan. I am no longer in my happy nostalgic place. <laughs> <laughs> if only this movie had TARS, that's what would really push this movie <laughs> over the edge. TARS could have gone in there and pickled the beast, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Controlling time. Yeah. A different tire. Oh, I'm on a different wavelength. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that tar. would also be an interesting oh, like, movie, yeah. but that'd be good. Well, I, was, I would that'd watch both of those. <laughs> yeah, I would watch both of those. <laughs> Either one. Movies. <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, that's how much interstellar I try to block out of my <laughs> yeah. brain. Uh, but anyways, yeah, just like this myth, these... I think a lot of the myth is like we, yeah, there's just a lot of fear. Um, and I, I like relating mm-hmm. to, that, to the gospel is being able to look at the things that we fear. And a lot of times they're not that big, but they might be bigger than us. But we, it's like if we know God, then like we know somebody who's on our side and who is going to be bigger than whatever we fear. So mm-hmm. like we don't have to fear mm-hmm. that thing. It's kind of like getting to know uh, whatever the old guy was, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Myrtle. Yeah, Mr. Myrtle. It's like getting to know Mr. Myrtle. Like Mr. Myrtle's God and mm-hmm. the beast is the <laughs> devil or something. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I wonder uh, if anybody has drawn. I did not see that coming. Those, no, I'm not gonna lie. Honestly, I didn't either. I'm yeah. just. It's just coming up. <laughs> it's Ian unplugged. Yeah, yeah. After dark, baby. He's going for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's like once you know Mr. Myrtle, like the the dog's not scary anymore. Yeah. Um, and and so yeah, I, th- I think that there are parallels there of, of just like how we could live our lives. That we yeah, we just create things and we create these stories that make things scarier. But but really, the I think the the way of getting past that is just confronting them. It's not like sitting there and thinking and scheming and trying all these different elaborate ways to get past them and not confront the fears, but to actually just take them head on Mm -hmm. to get a nice pair of shoes and (laughs) jump in there. (laughs) So yeah, that's kind of my, that's what I was thinking whenever I was watching Ian's going to do his inspirational speaking on pickling the beast. Yeah. Pickling (laughs) the beast. Pickling the beast within. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone gets PF flyers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Look under your chair. <laughs> Were those a real thing? Like, do you guys know yeah. what those are? Okay, oh, yeah. they, they look just like like chucks to me. They were like, okay. They oh, were, they were. Okay. They were like no. Oh, they, they were, were like chucks, them. Okay, but they were like them. They okay, were just okay. like them. Yeah, that's yeah. what it looked like. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Yeah. I I like that because. You have Scotty, like, being afraid to make friends. Mm -hmm. You have, like, Squints being afraid of the lifeguard until he, like, makes his move. (laughs) Wendy Peppercorn. Put respect on that name. Yeah, I should not disrespect Wendy Peppercorn like that. Um, But, yeah, it is that that concept of, like, not being controlled by fear. And um, you're right. A lot of times we imagine things a lot worse than they they actually are. Mm And it's not a call to be reckless, but it, I think it is a call to like not be dominated or controlled by fear. Um, 
which in the gospel sense, mm-hmm. it, it, that's the that's the call in the Christian life is to um, is to know the one who has conquered death, who has conquered sin, death, and evil, and um, in that sense, we don't have anything to fear. And we, you know, I think it, what's cool about this movie is that in each instance, it's not like consequence free. Like they they do have to face their fear. And they do experience like victory, but it's not like without pain or without cost. And um, yeah, they have to go talk to Mr. Myrtle every week. They gotta talk to Mr. <laughs> Myrtle, yeah, or like squints. It's like they get, they're kicked out of the pool, right? You yeah. know, and um, Smalls, you know, he he finally takes a chance. He has to put up with some like ridicule. Right, yeah, he does. Yeah, being the one who doesn't know baseball mm-hmm. and. Um, which again, that's, that is the call in the Christian life. Like there is a cost. It's not saying that you don't have to worry about fear because evil won't touch you or pain won't touch you or suffering won't touch you. Um, but it's that ultimately you are asked to trust the one who has power over all those mm-hmm. things, even in the midst of like still experiencing cost and pain. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And even like putting yourself into those circumstances, like Benny, like Benny didn't, hit the ball right over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it wasn't like, his step. Right. It wasn't was really gonna, his like right. battle to fight really, right. mm-hmm. but he like steps into it in this Christ-like allegory <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> puts himself in Smalls' place. <laughs> fights I am the, here for fights, it. Fights the beast for him, pickles the beast. I think Just Ian's like got a Jesus. five. Yeah. I think he got a five thousand word essay in there. Yeah, 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 there's gotta it. be. I will read there's it. This, this be, could man. definitely be an article on yeah. relevant. You need to <laughs> yeah. write it and submit it. I need to start putting stuff in there. <laughs> I wonder if that's ever been done. I wonder if I googled around a little bit if I could find anything on that. <laughs> He's a little possessive now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We can't release this episode until after he's written right, it. Yeah, I got to write that. Yeah. I don't want people stealing my idea. I think for me, I associate this movie with nostalgia. Um, and I think nostalgia can be maybe in an extreme sense, like toxic to, to the soul. Because to the extent that it represents, you know, for people who are like really in the grips of nostalgia and are constantly living in this like utopian past, it's almost always with certain realities sanded off or it's just, you know, why can't we go back to the good old days? And it's usually rooted in dissatisfaction with the present and this wish casting and and projection of like a, a bygone time when like things were happy. Um, so that can be very like corroding and, and it, it doesn't let people move forward. Ultimately it's, it's dissatisfaction with where God has you. Um, but I do think that there's a healthier and appropriate sense of nostalgia when you can look back. And I think as you get older, it's healthy and appropriate. You look back at like who I am today. How did I get here? Um, and you can look back at like the formative times and, and you know, not every day has the same weight when it comes to like who you are, you know, as you grow up and not every season has the same weight. And I think this movie, I think because of the way it ends and because of the little epilogue where you see the people peel off and you see that they move away and you see that this was just, 
it's presented in the mind of, of grown up uh, Scotty as just this was a really sweet season. Mm-hmm. It didn't last forever, yeah. but he's not longing for it. I think he thinks back fondly, but he's living in the present, right? Mm-hmm. And he's a baseball announcer and he still knows Benny, but you don't get the sense that he's like a prisoner of the past mm. or that mm. he's fleeing to like nostalgia because he can't face the present right. or he's afraid of the future. And so he's looking back just with fondness, but it, he's, I think, evaluating or just reminiscing about the people who made him who he was today, the experiences that made him who he was today, and just how unique and special that is. And I think that helps you develop um, just awareness. And I think like sometimes what's hard is you don't know like when the good days are. And, mm. and you know, if you're constantly looking forward and you can't appreciate the present, sometimes you miss it mm-hmm. and it takes looking back. And I think if you are a careful student of, of your, your history, I think it can heighten your sensitivity of being in the present. I think the best version of nostalgia increases self-awareness and, and makes you um, appreciate it. So like, I think the gospel like application and all that is just this awareness that, that God uses experiences mm. to, to shape and mold us. And that there are people who come into our lives um, that can invest in us or, or really benefit us the way, you know, Benny did or the way that collectively that whole crew did to Scotty, but that life's not about finding that moment, freezing it, or once it's gone, doing anything you can to get back. Like Mm. God is also a God of forward action. Mm. God is a God, like the gospel, it kind of deals with what you guys are talking about with fear. Sometimes Mm. fear of the future, fear of the unknown. Mm. And we can cherish what we have so much that we fear. And that's where nostalgia acts as a prison Mm. because it doesn't feel safe to leave that. Cause I know I like this. I don't know that I'm going to like before, but I think the gospel compels us to, to know and trust and submit to God that, that he can call us to new places, to new people, to new pl- you know areas, new uh, all kinds of things to his glory. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we can appreciate the gifts that God's given us without having to be imprisoned by mm-hmm. them. And I think yeah. this movie actually toes that, like nostalgia can be schlock be, when it is just mm-hmm. nurturing this. If only we could get back to the good old days then all our problems would be solved. And this movie maybe would have ventured to that if it wasn't for that little ending bit. Yeah. But I think adding that really balances it out well. That I think it's a very healthy expression of that was awesome, but we were kids and it was a great time. Yeah. I'm fortunate to have lived there in that neighborhood and know those kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of them, they're in touch, you know, the, the way it all played out. But you can kind of look and in a weird way, you want to like Ian had his out of nowhere hot take. It's <laughs> almost like like when, before Facebook got toxic. When you like yeah. all these high school friends that you otherwise would have lost touch with, you could right. see oh mm-hmm. this one got married, this one has this job, this one did that. You know, mm-hmm. you see how far you scatter, mm-hmm. and you can kind of reminisce and, and think about that. Yeah. But then it's like okay, you know, you you let it go. It's mm-hmm. you have the life, and, and you can be content with with where you are. Um, I don't know. So that's kind of my, my two cents. Yeah. I like that. I mean, it, it is interesting. Like just contentment is an interesting idea. Um, but I feel like it plays into that a lot of being able to like recognize where you're at right now and enjoy it. But then also being able to look back and like realize that like, just be yeah. grateful for what you have had, right. but then 
being not trying to get back into it, like you were saying. Uh, there, yeah, there's an interest. Contentment is is such a balance mm. in some ways because I I think it's hard to be content if you haven't been like if you're not grateful for where you right. have been. So I think that's definitely an aspect to it of like it's not just forget the past and just like live completely in the present. But there is this. There's just an acknowledging of it, um, but then there's a you there's a an acknowledgement as well that you can't live there that mm-hmm. it's it can't uh, dictate the present or the future really um, that it, it's just something that has it has influence and it's something that you can look back on to but it's not something that you should try to recreate yeah in general yeah it's, it's an interesting interesting idea Rating time? Sure. I want us to have another podcast that we go up against, like how they went up against that baseball team. (laughs) Actually, (laughs) that is so funny. I actually had the fleeting idea to like fold in this podcast as like the nostalgia thing, or (laughs) one day we'll look back. The way things were. Hey, yeah, this podcast. Good thing we'll (laughs) be able to listen to all these episodes. Squints and yeah, yeah, and yeah. Let's see. What can we rate on? Um, How about cannonballs? Yeah, cannonball. <laughs> that's a good one. Cannonball. I still do that every single time. <laughs> that goes through my head. Yeah, my my youngest like the uh, when Ham's walking down, he's like, "Hello, ladies. Oh, looking good." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "He does not need to be watching this." <laughs> that's really yeah. Let's funny. do cannonballs. All right. Uh, I think I give it. I give it four cannonballs. Wow! Yeah, I was yeah, ready. I was ready for like two. two. <laughs> you hate uh, baseball. You hate fun. You hate kids. <laughs> Dog. You hate yeah. the nineteen sixties. Summer. I, I love. I do hate summer. That's and I. I shouldn't Fire say this on the podcast, but I do kind of hate dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Not actually. You should do Barley and Bees. Just just dogs. <laughs> Ian'd be like, Ian's like, oh, happy, I'm glad he's dead. Happy yeah. ending. Happy ending. <laughs> oh, we can do Old Man. Yeller. <laughs> okay, Old Yeller is sad. That's that's a working dog. That's not a, a working oh, yeah. dog. That's a working dog. He earns his keep. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was just saying, I'll give it four. I mean, yeah, I think a lot of this stuff. It it really is. It's it's. We've talked about it a little bit, but it's a well crafted movie. I mean, it it hits all the right beats of, like it's being it's funny, but it has the nostalgia. But it also, you know, it, I don't know. That it's necessarily trying to say something, but it's well crafted enough to where you can pull allegories out of it if you want to. <laughs> Only if you're really intelligent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're trying really hard. <laughs> Uh, no, but I, I think it's true enough to life that you actually can pull little lessons from if you want to, but it definitely doesn't feel like it's moralizing at all. And then I agree. I think the fact that it moves on and just, there is something about that scene where it's showing them on the field and like playing and then disappearing. Yeah, it, it does. It gets me. It gets me every time. It's just, <laughs> there's something about like transitions that I think are really sad. <laughs> and, yeah. And there, there's, <laughs> you know, you can't say that age forever. And he talks about like the progressive summers and how like they were good, but people moved away. And, mm-hmm. and that's just the way that life is too. Like 
I think you can always look back and see like, oh, that was like the time. And even you know it in the time, but either way, it's not going to always be that way. And yeah, you just have to let it go, like you yeah. were saying. Um, but I, I think that it is willing to put its hand on that and not just stick to like, this yeah. is the best part. Like, I, I think that that makes it a lot more real. Um, so yeah, I, I really like a lot of aspects to it. Uh, I think it felt like you were saying you liked all of it. It felt a little long mm. to me whenever they were trying to get the ball. I was like, cause he like picks up the ball and I'm like, just, just throw it. Like just throw the ball. And then, it, and then he like gets scared or whatever and drops it. And they like, they have the ball. And I'm just like, just, but it's in that whole thing. Like, it's kind of fun, all the things that they come up with, but it just feels yeah. that, that part kind of dragged for me. Um, so the yeah. fun part, what <laughs> the fun part, yeah, the fun part, yeah. I'm he not was a like, fan. what's all this fun? <laughs> yeah, I thought this Ooh. dog was gonna eat one of these yeah, kids. Yeah. I love, love it, this it doesn't seem to be working. Well, yeah. He's not a working right, dog. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's he doing here? He's not earning his keep. He was brought in for one reason to eat children. Ian he wants the dog to eat that. all the children and then choke to death yeah. in the last one. <laughs> Look, he's supposed to be a guard dog. He was there to protect people from stealing. That was his one job. From the vulnerable blind guy. And then Benny <laughs> but just But he can't comes protect in. him from the smooth speaking. <laughs> yeah, well, that's <laughs> a con man. Yeah, I mean, the guard dogs can only do so much. Uh, well, he seems only interested in guarding his baseball. <laughs> not, <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. anything else. <laughs> then he just gives them all up at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Samson. Samson. Um... Well, I was going to say four, but you made me reconsider. <laughs> I'm going to go five cannonballs. Um, just because wow, uh, the more I think about it, I don't know how I could make this movie better. So, yeah, five cannonballs. I always go in with these over <laughs> my head. Yeah. And then I know Aaron's going to like sway me because you appeal to like the sense of fun and to stop trying to be consistent or trying to only <laughs> or reward transcendent movies. This isn't that. Right. Oh, I swore I wasn't going to go above a four. But Aaron, it's just so Wait. simple and clear. Uh, oh, you wouldn't go above a four. Hey, I love this movie, but it's, yeah. it is what yeah. it is, right? I can't right. say this is equal to Whiplash <laughs> or all these other great movies. <laughs> But then it's like, well, why do I care about being like, don't right. think, just have fun, yeah. right? Like yeah. where the inner Babe Ruth is telling me. Heroes get remembered. Don't be, yeah. The legends never <laughs> exactly. die, Exactly. And no one's charting my, my ratings. No, no one cares. Nope. There's no Reddit page where they're. <laughs> We're doing a five. Yeah. See, wow. It worked again. Wow. Aaron top gunned me again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I can't resist. It's just. This movie endures for a reason. And like I said, it's. It's deceptively, it, it, it walks a narrow line between schlock and mm -hmm. then like not being yeah. like fun or memorable. Like tons of kid movies have come yeah. and gone and they're in the scrap heap of history and that this one just, mm -hmm. there is something sweet and non-cynical but satisfying and like there's enough there that, yeah, it's special. It holds up and to be... <laughs> A, a 90s movie set in the 60s. You're right. Surely it should have been canceled for something by now, but yeah. it holds up. Well, the Winnie Peppercorn thing does yeah. kind of... Yeah. <laughs> it's a little weird. There's a reason why we kind of probably didn't talk a whole lot about it's it. It's a little weird. It's but, a little weird. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, that's okay. Yeah. But I think that is like... Like what you said, a movie in the 90s set in the 60s that 
it makes sense that I like it, but my kids yeah. love this movie. Yeah. And then at least my older didn't even like baseball. But right. it's just, there's something that just crosses generation kid-wise mm-hmm. that it just speaks yep. to that. And I do think, maybe it's not the best or deepest or, or most profound movie, but there is something special and enduring about it that yeah. is making me hold on to it. Mm-hmm. So I'm unapologetically... Five candles. I'm breathing yeah. hard because I'm getting in and out of the pool and the waves are rocking and I'm knocking all the water out of the pool and all the sunbathers are wet now, but I got my cannonballs in. That's right. Legends never die. <laughs> Been planning it for years. Yeah. All right, Ian, let's, let's hear your... Oh, yeah. Well, I was really proud of myself because I watched this movie a while ago and I, today I hadn't looked at my notes again and I was like, oh, shoot, I really hope I wrote down my recommendations because I don't have anything. And I did. I wrote them down. They're right here. Uh, so here we go. Number one is Christmas Story. Yeah. I feel okay. like it captures like it. a lot yep. of the same. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. A lot of the same. It has that same endear- enduring... Uh, I mean, it's endearing. But it's also enduring. And enduring. Yep, and enduring. The, the double E. It's e. a, a powerful combo. <laughs> oh, yeah, I feel like it just has a lot of that same, like, bringing a kid's world uh, to life in a way that even going back and watching it as an adult is <laughs> is entertaining and interesting. Um, so there's that. But if you want something, well, it's not even a lot more. I guess it is a lot more modern, but... Uh, this is one of my favorite things uh, ever. <laughs> wow. I, just, I wow. really like it. Uh, Freaks and Geeks. Oh, okay. yes. I, I love that show. It is, mm-hmm. it's, it's one season, and I think it got canceled after one season, but it's a pretty long season. I think it's like Is that 20, set in the 90s? Uh, What's the time period on that? Yeah, I think so. I think, so. That's right. I think it is the 90s. Yeah. 80s or 90s? Early, Might yeah. be 80s, actually. Maybe 80s. I think it was made in the, like, 2000s. Like, I think it was made in the late 90s. Was it late, late 90s? Late 90s, I think. And then set in the 80s. Something like that. Yeah, but that's probably right. Just as far as, like, nostalgic. It doesn't have any baseball, which is maybe <laughs> You've made one of this my recommendation before. I have, I have, yeah. I it's something that I come back. I don't know. It was a while ago. Yeah, it was one of our earlier ones. But anything that's, like, kid nostalgia. <laughs> this is a little bit more high school, but there's... Uh, there's like, there's kind of like older high school kids and then freshman high school kids. And it follows like these two groups. And, um, it's, for me, it's like best high school nostalgia, uh, show or movie ever. It's my favorite. Yeah. I mean, amazing cast, amazing writing, great character development, just really, I think it's, to me, it feels like the progression of this movie, like this movie doesn't really deal with a lot of hard things. Like it, it gets the nostalgia, but it is definitely looking at it from like these rose, rose tinted glasses. Spoken like someone who's ever been hit in the face with a baseball. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, it, yeah, <laughs> it does have Bill the distance <laughs> star, but it doesn't really like explore that relationship at all. So if you if you really wanted to get into that, then watch Freaks and Geeks because oh, okay. it's it's I would I think it's funnier even than Sandlot. Let the um, record show that Ian doesn't think defrauding a blind man of his retirement <laughs> income is. Uh, hey, he gave it away of his own free will. <laughs> also, if he's God in my <laughs> analogy, then he's got he's got things way more valuable than that baseball to him. <laughs> so he can give away anything, and he's. He's giving out of his infinite oh. goodness. Oh. 
I can't touch that. <laughs> I'm afraid to touch that. Yeah, I was going to say, I've, I've held back a lot of jokes. Yeah. So I'm just like, oh, I don't want to put this on tape. <laughs> That's how we know we're getting into this. some interesting territory. <laughs> Anyways, Freaks and Geeks. That's my second yeah, that's a good recommendation. One. I also went uh, two TV shows actually oh, nice. on this ah. one. Um, my first one, again, like a, a period of time w- that I didn't live through, um, but somehow always, like I loved it. I loved the show when I was a kid. I watched it every time it was on. And... It just had a lot of the, um, I think, like relatableness to me of childhood and, but uh, Wonder Years. Oh yeah, Kevin Arnold. Um, he's also in like middle school, I think, like around this age, yep. um, like maybe sixth grade when the show starts, something like that. And then he, he follow, you know, he gets older. But um, kind of what you're saying with Freaks and Geeks, it kind of goes more into like the. Um, what it was like for a kid with the kind of, I think Vietnam's happening when the mm. show first starts. Um, so anyway, Wonder Years. And then uh, the other show, uh, which I just thought of because I just love it. And when you were saying the, how the Sandlot is a place they can go every day mm. and they're just immediately accepted. Uh-oh. I know what it is. <laughs> cheers. Cheers. cheers? Yeah. yeah, it's gotta be cheers. With the baseball angle. Yes. <laughs> I love, name alone. I love Cheers and, and Cheers just has very personal, my parents like Cheers and I just remember being like a young kid and that theme music, it's one of the, it's one of the first shows and first like theme songs that I ever remember just even being aware of. Because it would be on in the world, world today. today. <laughs> sure does take a lot. <laughs> But I love it. I love Sam Malone, and especially the first season with a uh, coach. He's oh. like one of the best TV characters. Um, you just named two of my top probably five TV shows of all time. Yeah. Or sitcoms, anyway. Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> I love both. And so. fun fact, Aaron and I went to the Cheers Bar. We did get to the Cheers Bar, yep. yep. In Boston. Yeah. That's a, that's a class. Together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not just us. There were other people there, too. <laughs> They're less important. They're, yeah, like the yeah, other, yeah. they're like the other kids who faded away. Right. Yeah, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> well, my fun fact on Wonder Years is I went to law school with the actor who played Josh, uh, Paul Pfeiffer. No. Josh, Josh Saviano is his name. Josh Saviano, that's we right. We played pickup basketball together. Oh, yeah. Wow. He was a really always, good wing. Really? Yeah, he could play. There was always weird rumors that that kid became Marilyn Manson, but it, not I, true. I investigated that yeah. once I found out he was in school. Hold on. Yeah, he went to Yale. Oh, wow. uh, the whole Paul cast Saviano of one or Marilyn yeah, Josh Manson. Saviano. Okay, Josh Saviano. Yeah, he, he has no association. Paul Pfeiffer's is Paul Pfeiffer's the character name. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But they all, Kevin Arnold, uh, Fred Savage went to Stanford. Winnie Cooper, she got, a, she got her PhD in math at whoa. UCLA. Yep. And then her... The girl who played Becky Slater is Winnie Cooper, Danica McKellar. That's her. Danica McKellar. Her yeah. sister in real life is uh-huh. Becky, what did I just say? Slater? Yeah. She also went to Yale. Like yeah. they're all like Much child actors kids. who yeah. went like, they, mm-hmm. it's actually like a success mm-hmm. story. Yeah. Anyway, that's my fun fact with Wonder Years. Um, I guess I went more paint by the numbers then. Um I can't help the baseball angle with kids. You got to yeah. go bad news bears. Yeah. Oh yeah. Maybe the more irreverent, less sweethearted, but still kind of yeah. classic. Um, 
Chico's Bail Bonds or what's yeah. the Jersey <laughs> sponsor? Yeah, is it Kelly uh, Kelly Leak is Kelly like Leak. the, the uh, dominant player? Yep. Um, anyway, um, and then I have to, I just have to throw it in. I was looking up the writer director to see what else he had done. And I saw Ace Ventura. And oh, I'm like, really? I love Ace Ventura. So I clicked on it. And apparently they made an Ace Ventura Jr. Like with, with some kind of like D movie that had a 2.4. Whoa. <laughs> that's IMDb. That's like, IMDb almost never goes that I've low. I've never seen a movie that low. Yeah, that's. I still wow. like that movie. But yeah. Do you know it? it ex- yeah, I know it. Oh I've my never, gosh. I had no clue that it existed. It's bad. It's <laughs> that does not surprise me actually that Aaron knows that. But I like, like it. I, it just blew my mind. I had no idea it existed, so I just had to to mention it. But <laughs> I think if I was going to do a real recommendation, I think the vibe of this, but more serious or, or perhaps grown ups the wrong word because they're still kids. But that magic of like the the transition from when you're still like an older little kid to like teenager, mm-hmm. young mm-hmm. adult, and how confusing, but how like frozen in time or special it is, mm. is stand by me. Yeah. And that's kind of the definitive, you know, it's not a comedy or it's mm-hmm. certainly not like the way Sandlot is, but it, it's a very similar time of life in grappling with maybe a little more honestly and a little more, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, like kind of, yeah, just real, I guess, mm-hmm. not just kind of whimsical. I relate the two of those movies very much in, in my head. Just kind of two sides of the same coin. Yep. Hmm. I've never seen that. Oh, okay. oh really? Well, there yeah, you go. That's, that's a, a key part of your movie education. Mm-hmm. It's one of those ones you, even if you don't like it, you have to see it, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, it's rated R. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> mostly just like language right yeah it's if not I yeah remember. it's, it's not, not like it's not that bad it's no. just they're boys that age talking right. about things boys that age talk about right so it's yeah. it's not yeah and i mean they're trying to find a dead body but <laughs> it's not like a horror movie or anything like that right. um, <clears throat> anyway so next week next week we are going to take another look <laughs> At maybe the podcast's favorite punching bag next to Ian. <laughs> <laughs> next to the producing of this podcast and the level of production. But our favorite movie punching or movie making punching bag. Which I think is one of our more popular episodes too. But I also think it's, it's one of pick. our more disappointing episodes. Because <laughs> <laughs> people are always like, oh, I like that movie. All is in this. <laughs> and they're like, we were at our uh, best when we tell people why they're wrong. So. Mm-hmm. We'll be ready. I'll, I'll be. We'll sure to rest up for that one. You got to stay in your lane. You got to stay in your lane. Say. All right. Well, <laughs> besides follow your passion. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see you then. Okay. Bye. You're flipping through the channels late at night, looking for a movie. Yeah, you're doing.